Schizophrenia is probably the most devastating illness that psychiatrists treat. An estimated 1% of the population has schizophrenia, which claims its victims at a youthful age and often prevents their full participation in society. Schizophrenia also creates an enormous economic burden, calculated at $65 billion annually in direct and indirect costs. Despite its emotional and economic costs, schizophrenia has yet to receive sufficient recognition as a major public health concern or adequate research support to investigate its causes, treatments, and prevention. History. Schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders have been recognized in almost all cultures and described and or portrayed throughout much of recorded time. Although schizophrenia was only demarcated as a specific diagnostic entity at the end of the 19th century, earlier accounts appear in the literature. Many characters become mad in classical tragedy, although the patterns of illness do not map precisely on the modern conceptions of schizophrenia, a fact probably due to both literary license and to the fact that the nosology of mental illness was not highly refined at that time. By the era of Elizabethan drama, however, we have portrayals of schizophrenia that closely resemble the modern concept. The madness of Ophelia in Hamlet is quite similar to modern schizophrenia, and the portrayal of poor Tom, son of Gloucester pretending to be a bedlam beggar, escaped from the large Bethlehem hospital where mental patients were housed, is a near-perfect portrayal of both hallucinations and disorganized speech. Its modern history dates to Emil Kraepelin, who is credited with identifying schizophrenia. His original term for schizophrenia dementia precox was based on his observations that these patients developed their illness at a relatively early age, precox, and were likely to have a chronic and deteriorating course, dementia. Kraepelin was also instrumental in separating dementia precox from manic oppressive illness, which had its onset distributed throughout life in a more episodic course. Dementia precox was eventually renamed schizophrenia, a term coined by Eugen Bleuler to emphasize the cognitive impairment that occurs, which he conceptualized as a splitting of the psychic processes. Bleuler believed that certain symptoms were fundamental to the illness, including affective blending, disturbances of association, that is, fragmented thinking, autism, and ambivalence, for example, fragmented emotional responses. These eventually enjoyed widespread acceptance as Bleuler's four as. Other symptoms, such as delusions and hallucinations, were considered by him to be accessory symptoms, which occurred in other disorders such as manic oppressive illness. Bleller's ideas enjoyed widespread acceptance, and generations of psychiatrists were taught the importance of his fundamental symptoms, the four as. Unlike hallucinations and delusions, these symptoms are on a continuum with normality and can be present in relatively mild forms, even in psychiatrically healthy persons. Consequently, the conceptualization of schizophrenia in the United States became increasingly broad. Later, the ideas of the German psychiatrist Kurt Schneider, who emphasized first-rank or specific psychotic symptoms, were introduced, helping to reshape the concept of schizophrenia into one of a relatively severe psychotic disorder, bringing it back to the original ideas of Kraepelin. DSM-5 represents a convergence of various points of view, with its Kraepelinian emphasis on course, specific delusions, and hallucinations thought important by Kurt Schneider, an acknowledgement of the importance of Bleuler's fundamental symptoms. Definition. In DSM-5, schizophrenia is defined by a group of characteristic positive or negative symptoms, deterioration in social, work, or interpersonal relationships, and continuous signs of the disturbance for at least six months. In addition, schizoaffective disorder and mood disorder with psychotic features have been ruled out, and the disturbance is not due to the direct physiological effects of a substance or a general medical condition. When an illness otherwise meets the criteria but has a duration of less than six months, it is called schizophreniform disorder. When the duration is less than four weeks, it may be classified as either a brief psychotic disorder or a psychotic disorder not otherwise specified, which is a residual category for psychotic disturbances that cannot be better classified. Differential diagnosis. Schizophrenia should be thought of as a diagnosis of exclusion because the consequences of the diagnosis are severe and limit therapeutic options. There are no definitive tests for schizophrenia, so the diagnosis rests on historical and clinical information. A thorough physical examination and history are required to rule out other medical causes for schizophrenic symptoms. Psychotic symptoms are found in many other illnesses, including substance abuse, for example, hallucinogens, phencyclidine, amphetamines, cocaine, alcohol, intoxication due to commonly prescribed medications, for example, corticosteroids, anticholinergics, levodopa, infections, metabolic and endocrine disorders, tumors and mass lesions, and temporal lobe epilepsy. Laboratory tests may be helpful in ruling out these etiologies, and magnetic resonance imaging may be useful in selected patients to rule out alternative diagnoses or during the initial workup for new onset cases.
The major differential diagnosis involves separating schizophrenia from mood disorder, delusional disorder, or personality disorder. The chief distinction from mood disorders is that with schizophrenia, a full depressive or manic syndrome is either absent or develops after the psychotic symptoms, or is brief in duration relative to the duration of psychotic symptoms. Unlike delusional disorder, schizophrenia is characterized by bizarre delusions and hallucinations are common. Patients with personality disorders, particularly those disorders within the eccentric cluster, for example, schizoid, schizotypal, or paranoid, may be characterized by indifference to social relationships and have a restricted affect, bizarre ideation, or odd speech but are not psychotic. Other psychiatric disorders also must be ruled out, including schizophreniform disorder, brief psychotic disorder, factitious disorder with psychological symptoms and malingering. When symptoms persist for more than six months, schizophreniform disorder can be ruled out. The history of how the illness presents will help to rule out a brief psychotic disorder, because schizophrenia generally has an insidious onset and there are usually no precipitating stressors. Factitious disorder may be difficult to distinguish from schizophrenia, especially when the patient is knowledgeable about mental illness or is medically trained, but careful observation should enable the clinician to make the distinction between real or feigned psychosis. Likewise, a malingerer could attempt to simulate schizophrenia, but careful observation and history-taking will help to distinguish the disorders. With the malingerer, there will be evidence of obvious secondary gain, such as avoiding incarceration or severe punishment, and the history may suggest antisocial personality disorder. Dimensional approaches. A variety of methods have been developed to describe and classify the symptoms in schizophrenia. Traditionally, schizophrenia is considered to be a type of psychosis, yet the definition of psychosis has been elusive. Older definitions stress the subjective and internal psychological experience and define psychosis as an impairment in reality testing. Moreover, psychosis has been defined objectively and operationally as the occurrence of hallucinations and delusions. Because schizophrenia is characterized by so many different types of symptoms, clinicians and scientists have tried to simplify the description of the clinical presentation by categorizing symptoms along dimensions, rather than discrete categories of psychopathology. Recent research suggests there are three symptom dimensions. The first, psychoticism, involves hallucinations and delusions, the classic symptoms of psychosis. The second, disorganization, involves bizarre speech and behavior and incongruous effect. The third, negative symptoms, involves elogia, affective blunting, anhedonia, and abolition. The author has developed the scale for the assessment of positive symptoms, SAPS, and the scale for the assessment of negative symptoms, SANS, to evaluate these symptoms. The psychotic dimension. This symptom dimension refers to two classic, psychotic, symptoms that reflect a patient's confusion about the loss of boundaries between himself or herself and the external world, hallucinations and delusions. Both symptoms reflect a loss of ego boundaries. The patient is unable to distinguish between his or her own thoughts and perceptions and those that he or she obtains by observing the external world. Hallucinations have sometimes been considered to be the hallmark of schizophrenia, although they may occur in other disorders, including mood disorders and disorders induced by medical illness or various substances. Hallucinations are perceptions experienced without an external stimulus to the sense organs and with a quality similar to a true perception. Schizophrenic patients commonly report auditory, visual, tactile, gustatory, or olfactory hallucinations, or a combination of these. Auditory hallucinations are the most frequent, they are commonly experienced as voices but may also be noises or music. The voices come from outside the person's head, and they usually speak words, phrases, or sentences. Visual hallucinations may be simple or complex and include flashes of light, persons, animals, or objects. Olfactory and gustatory hallucinations are often experienced together, especially as unpleasant tastes or odors. Tactile hallucinations may be experienced as sensations of being touched or pricked, electrical sensations, or sensations of insects crawling under the skin, which is called formication. Delusions involve disturbance in thought, rather than perception, they are firmly held beliefs that are untrue, as well as contrary to a person's educational and cultural background. Delusions occurring in schizophrenic patients may have somatic, grandiose, religious, nihilistic, or persecutory themes. The type and frequency of delusions tend to differ according to culture. For example, in the United States, a patient might worry about being spied on by the FBI or CIA. In sub-Saharan Africa, a Bantu or Zulu patient is more likely to worry about persecution by demons or spirits. See Table 57.2 for a detailed description of the various types of delusions.
certain types of hallucinations and delusions were considered first rank by Kurt Schneider. These hallucinations include clearly audible voices commenting on a person's actions, or arguing with each other about a patient, or repeating aloud the patient's thoughts. The delusions include thought broadcasting, thought withdrawal, thought insertion, or being controlled. These symptoms commonly occur in schizophrenic patients but are also found in patients with psychoses due to mood disorders, medical illness, or the effect of substances. The disorganization dimension. The disorganization dimension includes disorganized speech, disorganized or bizarre behavior, and incongruous effect. Disorganized speech, or thought disorder, was regarded as the most important symptom of schizophrenia by Bleuler. Historically, the types of thought disorder have included associative loosening, illogical thinking, over-inclusive thinking, and loss of the ability to engage in abstract thinking. Standard definitions for various types of thought disorders have been developed that stress objective aspects of language and communication, which are empirical indicators of thought, such as derailment, poverty of speech, poverty of content of speech, or tangential replies, and all have been found to occur in both schizophrenia and mood disorders. Manic patients often have a thought disorder characterized by tangentiality, derailment, loose associations, and illogicality. Depressed patients manifest thought disorder less frequently than manic patients but may display poverty of speech, tangentiality, or circumstantiality. Many schizophrenic patients display various types of disorganized motor and social behavior, another aspect of this dimension. Abnormal motor behaviors range from catatonic stupor to excitement. In a catatonic stupor, the patient may be immobile, mute, and unresponsive, yet fully conscious. With catatonic excitement, the patient may exhibit uncontrolled and aimless motor activity. Patients sometimes assume bizarre or uncomfortable postures, such as squatting, and maintain them for long periods. Patients may exhibit a stereotypy, which is repeated, but non-goal-directed, movements such as back-and-forth rocking. They may also display mannerisms, which are normal goal-directed activities, but are either odd in appearance or out of context such as grimacing. Other common symptoms are echopraxia, or imitating the movements and gestures of another person, automatic obedience, or carrying out simple commands in a robot-like fashion, and negativism, or refusing to cooperate with simple requests for no apparent reason. Deterioration of social behavior often occurs along with social withdrawal. Patients may neglect themselves, become messy or unkempt, and wear dirty or inappropriate clothing. Patients may ignore their surroundings, so that they become cluttered and untidy. Patients may develop other odd behaviors that break social conventions such as masturbating in public, foraging through garbage bins, or shouting obscenities. Patients may smile inappropriately when speaking of neutral or sad topics, or giggle for no apparent reason. This symptom should not be confused with the nervous smiling or giggling that sometimes occurs in anxious patients. The Negative Dimension DSM-5 lists two negative symptoms as characteristic of schizophrenia, affective blunting, diminished emotional expression, and abolition. Other negative symptoms that are common in schizophrenia include elogia, poverty of speech, anhedonia, and attentional impairment. Negative symptoms reflect a deficiency of mental functioning that is normally present. Effective flattening or blending is a reduced intensity of emotional expression and response. It is manifested by unchanging facial expression, decreased spontaneous movements, poverty of expressive gestures, poor eye contact, lack of voice inflections, and slowed speech. Avolition is a loss of the ability to initiate goal-directed behavior and carry it through to completion. Patients seem to have lost their will or drive. They may initiate a project and then abandon it for a few days or weeks, and then fail to appear or wander aimlessly away while at work. This symptom is sometimes interpreted as laziness but, in fact, represents a loss or diminution of basic drives and the capacity to formulate and pursue long-range plans. Elogia is characterized by a diminution in the amount of spontaneous speech, as well as a tendency to produce speech that is empty or impoverished in content when the amount is adequate. It is the external expression and language of the impoverishment of thought that occurs in many patients with schizophrenia. Patients may have great difficulty in producing fluent responses to questions. Anhedonia, or the inability to experience pleasure, is also very common. Many patients describe themselves as feeling emotionally empty. They are no longer able to enjoy activities that previously gave them pleasure such as playing sports or seeing family or friends. Their awareness that they have lost the capacity to enjoy themselves may be a source of great psychological pain. 
Attentional impairment is reflected in an inability to concentrate or by stimuli that they cannot process or filter. This, in turn, causes them to feel confused or to experience fragmented thoughts. Another aspect of this dimension is a reduced intensity of emotional response that leaves schizophrenic patients indifferent and apathetic. Depressive symptoms occur in up to 60% of schizophrenic patients. Depression is often difficult to diagnose because symptoms of schizophrenia and depression frequently overlap. Dopamine antagonists may also cause what may appear to be depression but is actually drug-induced akinesia. Other symptoms. Lack of insight is common in schizophrenia. A patient may not believe that he or she is ill or abnormal in any way. To the patient, the hallucinations and delusions are real, not imagined. Poor insight is one of the most difficult symptoms to treat, and it may persist even when other symptoms, such as hallucinations or delusions, respond to treatment. Orientation and memory are usually normal, unless they are impaired by the patient's psychotic symptoms, inattention, or distractibility. Non-localizing neurological soft signs occur in a substantial proportion of patients and include abnormalities in stereognosis, graphesthesia, balance, and proprioception. A disorder of the visual tracking of smoothly moving targets, that is, smooth pursuit eye movement, has been observed in both schizophrenia patients and their relatives. Other ocular abnormalities commonly include the absence and avoidance of eye contact and staring for long periods. Decreased or rapid blink rates and bouts of rapid blinking may occur. Some patients display disturbances of sleep, sexual interest, and other bodily functions. A variety of disrupted sleep measures have been reported, but decreased delta sleep with diminished stage 4 is the most consistent finding. Many schizophrenia patients have inactive sex drives and derive little or no pleasure from sexual activity. Premorbid personality. Several early writers, including Krapelin and Bluler, observed that patients with schizophrenia often had abnormal premorbid personalities. A review of early studies of personality in schizophrenia showed that premorbid schizoid traits were present in one-fourth of schizophrenic patients, but one-sixth had a range of other personality disturbances. Poor premorbid adjustment has been shown to correlate with early disease onset, poor overall prognosis, negative symptoms, cognitive deficits, and poor social functioning. Alcohol and drug abuse. Alcohol and drug abuse is especially common in patients with schizophrenia. Drug-using patients tend to be young, male, and poorly compliant with treatment. They also tend to have frequent hospitalizations. It is believed that many abuse drugs in an attempt to treat their depression or their medication side effects, for example, akinesia, or to ameliorate their lack of motivation and pleasure. Other problems. People who suffer from schizophrenia are at high risk of committing suicidal acts. About one-third will attempt suicide, and one in ten will eventually complete suicide. Risk factors for suicide include male gender, age under 30 years, unemployment, chronic course, prior depression, past treatment for depression, history of substance abuse, and recent hospital discharge. Recent research shows that patients with schizophrenia and other severe mental disorders exhibit relatively high rates of violent behavior and criminality. In the epidemiologic catchment area study, schizophrenic patients had rates of violent behavior five times higher than persons without mental illness, although the rate was about half that seen in persons with alcohol abuse or dependence. Schizophrenic patients with coexisting alcoholism are even more likely to commit violent acts. Course of illness. Schizophrenia is typically viewed as a chronic disorder that begins early in life and has a poor long-term outcome. Its onset generally begins with a prodromal phase characterized by social withdrawal and other subtle changes in behavior and emotional responsiveness, peculiar behavior, deterioration in personal hygiene and grooming, and strange ideation. The prodrome varies in length but typically lasts from months to years. The prodrome is followed by an active phase, in which psychotic symptoms first appear. At this point, the clinical disorder becomes evident, and a diagnosis of schizophrenia can be made. This phase is characterized by hallucinations and delusions, alarming both friends and family members, and often leading to medical intervention. A residual phase follows the resolution of the active phase and is similar to the prodrome. Psychotic symptoms may persist during this phase, but at a lower level of intensity, and they may not be as troublesome to the patient. Active phase symptoms may occur episodically, acute exacerbations, with variable levels of remission seen between episodes. The frequency and timing of these episodes are unpredictable, although stressful situations may precede these relapses or, in some instances, drug abuse. Relapses are often preceded by changes in thought, feeling, or behavior noticed by the patient and family members. 
Symptoms preceding relapse may include dysphoria, seclusiveness, sleep disturbance, anxiety, and ideas of reference. Patients gradually accrue increased levels of morbidity in the form of residual or persistent symptoms and decrements in function from their premorbid status. Relatively severe psychosis is continuous and unrelenting in some patients. Schizophrenia may reach a plateau of severity at about five years without further deterioration. Several long-term follow-up studies have been published using contemporary definitions of schizophrenia. One of the best known is the Iowa 500, in which 186 schizophrenic patients admitted to the University of Iowa Psychiatric Hospital between 1934 and 1944 were followed up. 20% were reported to be psychiatrically well at follow-up, but 54% had incapacitating psychiatric symptoms, 21% were married or widowed, but 67% had never married, 34% lived in their own home or with a relative, but 18% were in mental institutions, including transitional institutions such as halfway houses, 35% were economically productive, but 58% had never worked. The group experienced excessive mortality from both natural and unnatural causes, and more than 10% committed suicide. In summary, modern outcome studies show that schizophrenia can be a devastating illness that may affect multiple aspects of a patient's life. However, some patients with schizophrenia will have a relatively good outcome and do not experience the severe deterioration sometimes considered to be a hallmark of the disorder. Outcome predictors It is difficult to predict outcome in individual patients based on these studies. However, factors associated with a good outcome include Acute onset, short duration of illness, lack of prior psychiatric history, presence of effective symptoms or confusion, good premorbid adjustment, steady work history, marriage, and older age at onset. Poor prognostic features include insidious onset, long duration of symptoms, effective blunting, obsessive impulsive symptoms, assaultiveness, premorbid personality disorder, poor work history, celibacy, and young age at onset. Schizophrenic patients are more likely to experience a good outcome now than 100 years ago. There are several possible explanations for this finding. 1. The illness has changed. 2. Neuroleptic medication and other treatments have altered the natural history of the illness. Or, 3. Our definitions of good outcome have changed. For example, good outcome now may include patients living in care facilities who have minimal symptoms but are clearly not well. For reasons that are not well understood, cross-cultural studies have shown that patients in less developed countries tend to have better outcomes than those in more developed countries. It may be that a person suffering from schizophrenia is better accepted in less developed societies, has fewer external demands, and is more likely to be taken care of by family members. Women, in general, tend to have a better outcome than men in their response to medication and in long-term course. Mechanisms of schizophrenia Many thinkers have considered schizophrenia to be a neurocognitive disorder, with the various signs and symptoms reflecting the downstream effects of a fundamental cognitive deficit. Schizophrenia poses special challenges to the development of cognitive models because of its breadth and diversity of symptoms. The symptoms include nearly all domains of cognitive function, perception, hallucinations, inferential thinking, delusions, fluency of thought and speech, elogia, clarity and organization of thought and speech, formal thought disorder, motor activity, catatonia, emotional expression, effective blending, ability to initiate and complete goal-directed behavior, avolition, and ability to seek out and experience emotional gratification, anhedonia. An initial survey of the diversity of symptoms might suggest that multiple brain regions are involved in schizophrenia, in a spotty pattern much as once occurred in neurosyphilis. In the absence of visible lesions and known pathogens, investigators have turned to the exploration of models that could explain the diversity of symptoms through a single cognitive mechanism. The convergent conclusions of these different models are striking. An approach some investigators have taken is to divide the symptoms into three broad groups. 1. Disorders of willed action, which lead to symptoms such as elogia and avolition. 2. Disorders of self-monitoring, which lead to symptoms such as auditory hallucinations of alien control. And 3. Disorders in monitoring the intentions of others, mentalizing, which lead to symptoms such as formal thought disorder and delusions of persecution. These could represent a more general underlying mechanism, a disorder of consciousness or self-awareness that impairs the ability to think with meta-representations, higher-order abstract concepts that are representations of mental states. One popular model suggests that the fundamental impairment in schizophrenia is an inability to guide behavior by representations, often referred to as a defect in working memory. Working memory involves the ability to hold a representation online and perform cognitive operations in a flexible manner, to formulate and modify plans, and to base behavior on internally held ideas and thoughts, rather than being driven by external stimuli. 
A defect in this ability can explain a variety of symptoms in schizophrenia. For example, the inability to hold a discourse plan in mind and monitor speech output may lead to disorganized speech and thought disorder. The inability to maintain a plan for behavioral activities could lead to negative symptoms such as abolition or elogia. The inability to reference a specific external or internal experience against associative memories, mediated by cortical and subcortical circuitry involving frontal, parietal, temporal regions and the thalamus, could lead to an altered consciousness of sensory experience that would be expressed as delusions or hallucinations. The model also explains the perseverative behavior observed in studies using the Wisconsin card sorting test and is consistent with the compromised blood flow to the prefrontal cortex in these patients. Overall, this model suggests a major role for prefrontal regions in their multiple distributed cortical, thalamic, and striatal connections in a fundamental cognitive function, representationally guided behavior, that permits organisms to adapt flexibly to a changing environment and to achieve temporal and spatial continuity between past experiences and present and future actions. Alternatively, or complementarily, the chapter author has used the clinical presentation of schizophrenia as a point of departure, postulating that the symptoms arise from cognitive dysmetria. This refers to impaired connectivity between frontal, cerebellar, and thalamic regions as a consequence of a neurodevelopmental defect or perhaps a series of them. Motor dysmetria has been observed in schizophrenia since its original description by Kraepelin, and soft signs of poor coordination are reported in more contemporary studies. More injurious, however, is the related cognitive dysmetria, which produces poor coordination of mental activities. The word metron literally means, measure, a person with schizophrenia has a fundamental deficit in taking measure of time and space and in making inferences about interrelationships between him or herself and others, or between the past, present, and future. He or she cannot accurately time input and output, and therefore cannot, coordinate the perception, prioritization, retrieval, and expression of experiences and ideas. This model has received extensive support from work with magnetic resonance imaging and positron emission tomography. The common thread in these observations is that schizophrenia reflects a disruption in a fundamental cognitive process that affects a specific circuitry in the brain. Various research teams may use different terminology and somewhat different concepts, mater presentations, representationally guided behavior, information processing, attention, cognitive dysmetria, but they convey a common theme. Cognitive dysfunction in schizophrenia is an inefficient temporal and spatial referencing of information and experience as the person attempts to determine boundaries between self and non-self and to formulate effective decisions or plans that will guide him or her through the small scale, speaking a sentence, or large scale, finding a job, maneuvers of daily living. This capacity is sometimes referred to as consciousness. Investigators also converge on similar conclusions about the neuroanatomic substrates of the cognitive dysfunction. All agree that it must involve distributed circuits, rather than a single specific, localization, and all suggest a key role for interrelationships among the prefrontal cortex, other interconnected cortical regions, and subcortical regions, particularly the thalamus and striatum. Pathophysiology and etiology. A consensus now exists among many clinicians and research investigators that schizophrenia is best conceptualized as a multiple-hit illness similar to cancer. Individuals may carry a genetic predisposition, but this vulnerability is not released, unless other factors also intervene. Although the majority of these factors are considered environmental, in the sense that they are not encoded in DNA and could potentially produce mutations or influence gene expression, the majority are also biological, rather than psychological, and include factors such as birth injuries or nutrition. Current studies of the neurobiology of schizophrenia examine a multiplicity of factors, including genetics, anatomy, primarily through structural neuroimaging, functional circuitry, through functional neuroimaging, neuropathology, electrophysiology, neurochemistry and neuropharmacology, and neurodevelopment. Genetics. Evidence for a genetic contribution to schizophrenia is based on family studies, twin studies, studies of adoptees, and molecular genetic techniques. Summaries of individual family studies have shown siblings of schizophrenic patients to have about a 10% chance of developing schizophrenia, whereas children who have one parent with schizophrenia have a 5-6% chance. The risk of family members developing schizophrenia increases markedly when two or more family members have the illness. The risk of developing schizophrenia is 17% for persons with one sibling and one parent with schizophrenia, and 46% for children of two schizophrenic parents. Twin studies have been remarkably consistent in demonstrating high concordance rates for identical twins averaging 46%, compared to 14% concordance in non-identical twins. Adoption studies show that the risk for schizophrenia is greater in the biological relatives of index adoptees who had schizophrenia than in the biological relatives of mentally healthy control adoptees.
studies are now underway to illuminate the genetic underpinnings of schizophrenia at the molecular level. Researchers have implicated several different gene regions, but none has emerged as conclusive as yet. Because of implications for solving multiple key problems, diagnostic, prognostic, treatment choices, this is one of the central topics for schizophrenia research and it is likely to remain so for some time. Neuropathology. A better understanding of neurodevelopment has helped shape contemporary postmortem studies. During the second trimester, neurons in the fetal brain must migrate to the appropriate layers of the cortex, then connect with other groups of neurons to form functional networks. Other developmental processes include excessive proliferation of cells and dendrites, subsequently followed by pruning and programmed cell death, apoptosis, of subplate neurons, surviving cells remain as interstitial neurons, or, interneurons, of the white matter. The resulting network of neurons and cytoplasmic processes is called the neuropil. Research suggests that schizophrenia could be related to disturbances in any of these phases of brain maturation, ranging from migration to apoptosis. Failure of the cells to migrate to their proper position may show up as ectopic gray matter or neuronal disarray in specific regions of the hippocampus. Displacement of neurons and opacity of neurons in the superficial layers in the rostral and intermediate portions of the interhinal cortex of the parahippocampal gyrus have also been reported and have been attributed to faulty neuronal migration. More recently, researchers have observed displacement of interneurons in the frontal lobe cortex, including decreased cell density in the superficial white matter and increased cell density in the deeper white matter, findings also thought consistent with an alteration in the migration of subplate neurons or in the pattern of programmed cell death. Neuropathology has also been used to explore whether abnormalities can be found in key candidate regions such as the thalamus or prefrontal cortex. Decreased cell density in the medial dorsal nucleus of the thalamus, a crucial nucleus that projects to the prefrontal cortex, thalamic abnormalities, and increased cell packing density in the prefrontal cortex have all been described. The latter finding is consistent with a loss of the surrounding neuropil and consequent shrinkage of the interneuronal space. A convergence of findings is beginning to emerge from the variable perspectives of structural and functional neuroimaging and neuropathology. These perspectives are all consistent with neurodevelopmental mechanisms and with abnormalities in frontal, temporal, and thalamic regions. Neurodevelopmental influences. Several lines of evidence have supported speculation that schizophrenia is a neurodevelopmental disorder resulting from brain injury occurring early in life. For example, schizophrenic patients are more likely than non-schizophrenic control subjects to have a history of birth injury and perineal complications, which could result in subtle brain injury, setting the stage for the development of schizophrenia. Seasonality of birth in schizophrenic patients has also suggested to some a neurodevelopmental etiology. Throughout the temperate northern latitudes, more people with schizophrenia are born in winter months than at any other time. This suggests that some schizophrenic persons could have sustained central nervous system damage in the womb from a viral illness. Evolutionary aspects. That schizophrenia persists in the human population despite the fact that the majority of people who develop it do not marry or procreate is fascinating. This observation should perhaps be coupled with another that has been less frequently noted and has not yet been systematically investigated. A substantial number of highly creative individuals have family members who are in the schizophrenia spectrum. The association between manic oppressive illness and creativity is well established, but most of this work has focused on literary or artistic creativity. In the case of schizophrenia, there may be a link with scientific creativity, although the evidence at present is only anecdotal. However, an impressive number of Nobel laureates have an association with schizophrenia. Bertrand Russell had a son and a granddaughter who suffered from schizophrenia, as well as an aunt and an uncle who probably also suffered from this illness when it was simply called, insanity. Albert Einstein had a son by his first wife who developed schizophrenia. John Nash, a recent Nobel laureate in economics, developed schizophrenia himself in his early 30s and also had a son who suffers from schizophrenia. James Joyce was emotionally aloof and cold and became increasingly disorganized artistically. His daughter Lucia suffered from hebephrenic schizophrenia. Isaac Newton was a solitary, chronically suspicious, and socially aloof man who had a variety of unusual interests and beliefs. He would probably be called schizotypal using modern nomenclature. However, he also had a psychotic break at age 40. Coupled with the persistence of schizophrenia throughout history despite decreased fertility and procreation, this modest association between schizophrenia and genius suggests that, perhaps like sickle cell anemia, a predisposition to schizophrenia may convey a biological advantage in some situations.